At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is VEASAN's Pro Football Betting Podcast. Here's your host, Danny Burke. Welcome into the show, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for another edition of VEASAN's Pro Football Betting Podcast. Hope you had a great holiday weekend with you and yours and you guys got everything you wanted from the gifts to the bets and all of those good things but hopefully we can keep that going for Monday Night Football tonight as the Chargers are going on the road to take on the Indianapolis Colts and to help us preview that game and the upcoming slate of games like we always do our guy Brady Cannon is alongside us at Las Vegas Golfer where you can follow Brady on the tweets as for myself at Danny Burke 5. So Brady, hope you had a good weekend with your family celebrating the holidays and your bets did all good. I know your bets have been doing consistently well for Monday night. So like we always say, we're looking to keep that streak going, baby. Uh, We see the Chargers as a four-point favorite, total down to 44 and the hook. Uh, what what are we shaping up for with this one? Do you got some action? You got some strong leans? What what are we thinking for tonight, my man? Uh, Danny, great to be with you. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Uh, good to be back here on the podcast with you. Um, I do not have any action on this game, and I don't have a, a terribly strong opinion either way. Uh, but if I was going to play it, my side would be on the favorite tonight. The Los Angeles Chargers uh, is the direction I would go. Now, I think you can make a case for the Indianapolis Colts. And, uh, you know, we often see this on a primetime game, a Sunday night football or a Monday night football, especially 
when the entire national audience is tuned in and it's an opportunity for these teams that are at a low of all lows or, or just otherwise a lousy team uh, to kind of rise up and it's a special occasion for them. You know, we often hear the term, this is their Super Bowl. It's kind of like that for some of these lousy teams when they when they get to play uh, in the spotlight. But I, I don't know if really Indianapolis is up to the task. Uh, we know a weakness of the Los Angeles Chargers is their ability to defend the run. Uh, but it was a couple of weeks ago we really saw them stifle the Miami Dolphins offense defensively. And, th and that surprised me because we, we haven't seen that out of the Chargers all season long. But... Uh, you know, the Indianapolis Colts, on the other hand, don't have much of a running game. Jonathan Taylor uh, no longer in the lineup for the Colts. Now, you know, the other thing is, like I talk about, you know, being a lousy team and, and rising to the occasion, uh, you know, Nick Foles might be able to provide a spark yeah. as well. I mean, I, I don't think he could be a whole lot worse. And there probably will be, uh, you know, some resurgence there for maybe a moment. Maybe looking at betting the Colts in the first half is, is possibly something he could lead on. But again, uh, eventually, I believe the Chargers are going to take over as the better team, and, and I would guess that they would eventually cover the four points. Chargers are on a pretty good run right now. They've been playing, I think, their best football of the season. And, uh, you know, the Colts, on the other hand, have just been progressively worse week after week uh, under Jeff Saturday. If you remember, of course, he took over uh, and their first game was against the Las Vegas Raiders. And we know he was brought in to, uh, gosh, how do we say this, uh, change the culture in the locker room and motivate and the rah-rah cheerleader type guy. Uh, and that happened in his first week back. Uh, and they beat the, the Las Vegas Raiders. But ever since then, it, it's gone downhill. The, the next week, he blew a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter and lost to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. And I can't remember. Oh, the next game, I believe, was against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Lost mm -hmm. that game. And then it got really ugly after that. He was in a competitive matchup with the Dallas Cowboys, and then it went sideways in the fourth quarter. And then, of course, most recently, the most historic comeback in, in NFL history. So it, it's, it hasn't gone well for Saturday. He came out when he took the job and said, hey, I'm going to give this a shot. If I'm not any good, I'll walk away. <laughs> Maybe he's going to end up walking away. <laughs> uh, but I, I just can't get behind this team. Uh, and four points actually kind of seems a little short. I kind of had the same thought as you. And actually what I ended up doing over the weekend is I did a, a little parlay with the Bucks and the Chargers on both money line. My goodness, sweating out the Bucks game again. <laughs> it's been like a handful of times I've done that. I'm just a sucker for that pain, I guess. But uh, yeah, I, I like the Chargers in this game, Brady. And frankly, if you haven't played it, I still think laying four, which you can get out there right now, would be the viable side. You're right. I mean, like Jeff Saturday literally said that himself. If I'm not cut out for it, so be it. And look, they got a little bit of a spark in the first couple of games. They beat the Raiders. They almost held on against the Eagles. But after that, it's just been really a disaster. And for the reason that they had such a historical loss, and then what is that bounce back or what is that uh, response going to be with a team that's already eliminated with such a weird coaching situation to have to rely on that? 
It's it's a tough thing to do. And look, I get that the Chargers are kind of an unstable team themselves, but they have been looking better. They've been a completely different team, Brady, once they've gotten the additions of both Mike Williams and Keenan Allen back on the offensive side of the ball. Their defense has been improved, right? Brandon Staley kind of pertaining to his side where he uh, really has his specialty, and they've made some good adjustments. Now, they're also going against a Colts defense that ranks, or pardon me, a Colts offense that ranks dead last in DVOA. They're 31st in the red zone, according to DVOA, and the Chargers red zone defensively, actually, they're eighth. So, uh, it, look, the Colts may be able to move the ball, and as you alluded to with Nick Foles, maybe that changes some things, and especially in the first half, and then it's like, all right, well, now we know what their game plan is going to be with Nick Foles. Here's how we can make adjustments on it here's how we can contain it and not get beat by it and you kind of saw that happen with the Chargers against the Dolphins too right they really limited to a tongue of Iloa and took away everything in the open field and force him to go outside not saying that's the same with Nick Foles but something along those lines uh, some other numbers I just wanted to throw out there uh Colts averaging just four and a half yards per play over the last three games the Chargers averaging 5.4 um 5.6 yards per play is what the Colts are allowing. Chargers allowing 5.5. Overall, though, the Colts this season had been at 5.1, so you have seen that regression over the last three games. The entirety of the season for the Chargers, it was at 5.9. And again, last three games, it's down to 5.5. So some positivity for the Chargers, not necessarily for the Colts. Um, the, the one issue that always concerns me with the Chargers too, Brady, is just their run defense. They're allowing 5.3 yards per carry, which is second worst. However, as we know, no Jonathan Taylor in the mix for the Colts, right? They got Zach Moss and Deion Jackson. And look, running backs, he can plug and play virtually anybody. But the Colts running offense also has not been as dominant, especially compared to what we saw last year. So, uh, yeah, I still like... The Chargers in this game, I'll be sweating out the money line, of course, but I think minus four would be a safe play pre-flop, uh, pre excuse me, if you're not entirely comfortable, if you're, again, that first half thought process that they do well, maybe you wait because the Chargers are a team that sometimes shoot themselves in the foot and you could probably get a better number in some capacity as well. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and of course, you could have gotten three on this game uh, way sure. back when. Uh, and, and I believe that kind of tells you something, too, that, uh, you know, the way the market has moved. I mean, there's even some four and a halves out there. Uh, I don't think it ever got to five, but uh, I, I think the 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 sharp money is probably on the favorite here. Uh, and I'm okay laying the four, uh, you know, and four and a half. I, I don't think you have to lay four and a half. Maybe it gets there before kickoff, but uh, I, I think four is uh, widely available and you can lay that number and I'm okay with that. And this is not, you know, I said I don't have a play. Um, I, I'm here to give you my opinion, and, and that's what I'm doing. That's the way I would go if I was going to make a play. But, uh, you know, sometimes you don't have to either. And who knows, Danny, maybe I'm talking myself into getting in action too. <laughs> but uh, uh, th that is the way I would go. I just think, uh, unfortunately, this season for the Indianapolis Colts is, is about done, and I don't know if they have a last-ditch effort in them tonight. All right, I got one prop angle that I honestly wasn't thinking about till right before we started talking. So that's why I'm, I'm kind of just looking for the best number right now. And I think the best number for it is plus 105 at DraftKings. And that would be Chase McLaughlin over one and a half field goals. So again, we, we rifled through some of those numbers, Brady. And the Chargers, in terms of their red zone 
defensive efficiency yeah. is not too bad, right? And the Colts themselves are failing to execute upon entering the red zone a lot of the times. But also, simultaneously, the Chargers defense as a whole is allowing decent amount of yards per play. The run defense is susceptible to giving up some chunkage. Would you think that Chase McLaughlin over one and a half field goals would be a decent opportunity? Because the Colts are, I think they were top five in field goal attempts per game, and the Chargers are bottom of the barrel in allowing field goal attempts per game. I mean, Chase McLaughlin went five for five against Minnesota, two for two against Dallas the week prior, had two attempts the week before that, but only made one against Pittsburgh, four attempts the week before that, three, it's multiple attempts pretty much every game except for one this season, I think I may be jumping in on Chase McLaughlin over one and a half field goals made. I think it's a really good, <clears throat> really good one, Danny. And like usual, you know, you've done the research there, the past history and, and you know, analyzed the, the red zone defense and that type of thing. I think you've checked all the boxes there. It makes a ton of sense to me. You know, the Colts kind of remind me of the Patriots as one of the worst teams in the NFL in the red zone. It seems like we see them kick field goals uh, more than anybody else. But yeah, that, that certainly makes sense to me I, I like the you know it's it, it is interesting kind of the um, the irony of the Chargers defense and and you've talked about uh, their inability to stop the run, even though they did that very well, surprisingly, against the Miami Dolphins on Sunday Night Football a couple weeks ago. Um, but the irony, the fact that their defense is not all that great, but they do get really stingy in the red zone. And I think that speaks to Derwin James and, and Nasir Adderley and, the, and their secondary. Their secondary is pretty good, and I think that lends uh, to what can be a stout uh, defense in the, sec in, or in the red zone. There you have it. Well, Brady, no, I love it. I got your stamp of approval like I'm always looking for with some of these props. So you can count me in for the Chase <laughs> McLaughlin over one and a half field goals plus 105. But no, in all seriousness, yeah, that was one I was strongly considering. But I do always love to refer to Brady if I'm not completely confident or even if I am just to get another perspective. Because look, Brady's one of the sharpest minds in the NFL, folks. That's why you always got to listen to our guy, especially when it comes to Monday night football. He has been crushing it. Uh, Brady, unless you I'm not. Yeah, exactly. Wood. Yeah, we're always <laughs> knocking on wood, right? You always got to do it. Um, anything else you want for this game? Otherwise, we can look ahead uh, to NFL Week 17. I know we got some playoff implications on the line. So uh, you got anything else? Or are you ready to move along? No, we, we can certainly move along. I'll just tell you that uh, I know that my number in this game, when I crunch all the stats oh, yeah. and everything and I, I spit out a point spread, my number came to six. So th yeah. that was a, certainly a good initial indicator. There you have it. All righty, Brady. Well, taking a look at this upcoming week, I know you and I, before we started recording, we're kind of just looking at some of the bigger games that really stand out. Because again, once you get to this point of the year, it's really slim pickings. I mean, some of these teams have already mailed it in. And I know you don't actively tank in the NFL, but it's a lot different when you have some of these playoff implications on the line. And one that we were talking about revolves around the Jets and the Seahawks, right? Two of those borderline teams here. And the Jets just look like a disaster once again with Zach Wilson under helm. Um, they are up to a two-point favorite on the road are the Jets against the Seahawks. It open pick, again, now up to two. Total at about 43 in the hook. Uh, I, is the assumption that Mike White is going to be back in the mix? Is that why they're seeing some love here, I would imagine? Yeah, I, I think you're right. And if Mike White is available, then certainly I believe that's the direction that they're going to go. My look-ahead number on this game came to Jets 2.5. So I'm right there in line with the market. And 
you know, when, when you're that close to, to what your numbers say versus what the market is saying, I don't necessarily think it's worthy of a play. I, I like to probably have at least three points of variance, but sure. um, my numbers do come out the, to the fact that the Jets should be favored in this game. And, you know, it's hard to say how those numbers are derived because we've had so many different quarterbacks, uh, it seems, for the Jets this season. A little bit of Flacco, a little bit of Wilson, a little bit of White. So, you know, how is that two and a half that I'm getting on the Jets really being produced? Who's responsible for that? Well, I tell you what, probably mo more than anything else is their defense. Uh, I think their defense has declined a little bit in the last few weeks. Of course, Quinnen Williams was injured in that game against the Detroit Lions, and I think we realized how how big he is. He, what a yeah. player he is. And boy, I, I think he's actually a guy that you can even factor possibly into the point spread, maybe worth half a point or a full point. Not many defensive players are uh, worth anything to the point spread, but this guy's showing me that he's uh, a massive difference uh, maker for the, for the New York Jets. So yeah, Mike White uh, at quarterback, I'll certainly lean that direction. All right, and one other thing in this game, I was going to move on, and then I just remembered what I was going to say. With the Seahawks team, Brady, is this now a unit that's kind of fallen back to the squad that we all pictured them being? I've said yeah. this almost all like these past few weeks, but I don't know if I've asked you because it just seems like Geno Smith is finally playing like the Geno Smith we've been accustomed to his whole career. The defense is finally getting exposed a little bit, and same with Pete Carroll. Is this a team you're just almost looking to fade based on what you've seen lately? Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. And I, I've been saying that for a couple of weeks as well, is I, I think it's finally coming to fruition what we expected out of this team prior to the season kicking off. They exceeded expectations uh, by leaps and bounds to begin the year. And hats off to them, man. It, it was a fun ride. And to watch Pete yeah. Carroll do his thing. And, and, and it really showed that this guy, man, he, he's he's really been a heck of a coach for a long time. And, and he, I think he got the absolute absolute most he could have out of this sure. team and there was a there was a long time there where you know you you had a, a an absolutely live ticket in your hand uh if you had Pete Carroll for coach of the year but but eventually it, it's it's become the Seahawks that we thought they were going to be and uh you know, I don't. I don't know if they can all of a sudden start to go the other direction here against a very good defense in New York. Oh yeah, and by the way, I'm just looking on Twitter right now. So uh, yeah, Brian Costello confirmed uh, about like 15 minutes ago. He's a beat reporter for the Jets that Mike White is cleared and is going to start on Sunday. So there yeah. you have it, official word uh, in terms of that game with Jets and the Seattle Seahawks. So again, a lot of things on the line. Jets getting some love early on here. Uh, another game that is going to have some implications. How about Miami and New England? A little bit of a uh, division battle here. The Dolphins open two in the hook. Now it's come down to one. So the Patriots receiving some love. Totals at 43 in the hook. Man, I mean, I, it's just like, what would this line be if Tua Tungavailoa didn't have one of the worst collapses we've seen this season? Brady, It's there have been concerns about Tua. And yeah, you can have a bad half. You can throw a couple interceptions. But the interceptions he threw were just absolutely atrocious. I mean, no receiver was in within like 10 feet of where the ball was thrown. I was saying it would be like if my high school quarterback was throwing that, that'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. That kid's in high school. This guy's got two of the fastest receivers in the league, a very bright-minded head coach. 
He is nowhere even close to the receivers at the most crucial points. This has been a theme with him the back half of the season. The arm is weak. If you force him one way, he's going to try to still do something, and then it's going to have to be paying the repercussions, and that's what happened in the second half against the Packers. Now there's rumblings that, you know, next season they're going to move off of him, and frankly, I don't even think it's an overreaction. I don't blame them with the weapons they have and how they are being relatively underutilized because of the lack of strength and just, I don't know, ability in their quarterback. Well, it was so ill-timed. Uh, the interceptions. I mean, the last one he threw sealed the ball game for for Green Bay. You know, and, and you know that that's obviously something you can't do. Uh, you've got to be more clutch than that. And, and I think he has somewhat of a clutch gene, but it's just gone the other direction. It seems uh, so drastically here. What what have they, they've lost four games in a row, right? So, and and he's been a big part of that. I, I also think Danny teams have kind of figured out how to disrupt him a little bit, and I think yeah. it started with San Francisco, uh, the game against the the 49ers, You know, and that that was a big matchup, and uh, the Niners a- absolutely crushed him, and. You know, the beginning of the year, I was really impressed with the combination of Mike McDaniel's play calling and really play, uh, calling it uh, t- geared to the strengths of Tua, which is a quick release and timing and accuracy. And, and it was working beautifully. But now teams, I think, have figured out how to disrupt that timing. And, and I don't know enough about football to know the scheme and exactly what they're doing. But I can see with my eyeballs that they are disrupting the timing. And I think so much of that offense is based on timing because of, you know, because of Tua. They're playing to to his abilities. But when you when you adjust that, uh, I don't know if he has uh, the next step in his game to overcome it. And, and we've now seen it for four weeks in a row. One thing that I don't really understand is why Mike McDaniel isn't uh, leaning more heavily on the running game with Raheem Mostert mm-hmm. and Jeff Wilson. And I know Wilson's been a little bit banged up, um, but you know, you're playing against the Green Bay Packers, one of the weakest run defenses in the league. You, you should have been able to pound them. Uh, I would have thought more so than they did. Now, the New England defense, you can argue, is even better than Green Bay's, and they certainly have the pass rush. You know Belichick has you know, seen the, the film for the last four weeks on how they're disrupting Tua's timing. Um, you know, my, my initial number came to Patriots minus two, uh, so, you know, the market moving that direction makes sense to me. Yeah, it, it ought to be a tight ball game. Obviously, a division matchup. These teams know each other. Miami's really reeling. The Patriots don't look great either, but but I think the truth is neither of these teams are that great, and uh, the Patriots probably have certainly have the better defense, and, and maybe that's what's going to uh, give them the edge here in my mind. Yeah, I'm just looking, too, at the uh... – at the, at the standings right now. So the Dolphins, obviously, they're in that seventh seed at eight and seven. The Patriots and the Jets and the Titans and the Steelers right behind them at seven and eight. So there's all these things that need to happen in order for teams like the Patriots and Jets to get in. But um, certainly, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's like they're going to have to win the next two games. That's obvious. But you, they still need a lot of other things to happen. Like the Patriots have a tiebreaker over Tennessee and Pittsburgh based on the best win percentage is what ESPN is saying. Um, New England wins a tiebreak over the Jets based on the head-to-head. So, again, right. a lot of things need to go down. The Patriots clearly have to win this game. The Jets have to win their game. But the Patriots do have that slight advantage. 
the Dolphins, be, despite them losing those last four games, somehow miraculously in that playoff spot, just because of how inept the Patriots, the Jets, the Titans have been, and now you're getting the Steelers kind of creeping into it too. When you look at Miami too, Brady, imagining them in the playoffs, and we have also said this for a little bit, this is a team that I'm going to look to fade if they find themselves in the postseason as well, right? I mean, you think about the cold weather aspect. Granted, Tua and that team played well in Buffalo. Maybe you take that down a notch a little bit. All right, but the playoffs are a different beast with an inexperienced team in that position and a team that is getting figured out by these opposing defenses. And you're going to be facing some of the top defenses now once you get into the playoffs. So I, I just, I, I'm kind of with you. As gross as it may seem, based on what the Patriots have looked like, have done, or lack thereof, especially the last couple of weeks, you almost put a little bit more stock in them right now. Because if there's a guy to figure out to it, just as much, if not more, why couldn't it be Bill Belichick? They faced each other in week one. Dolphins got the best of them, so be it. But in this matchup, hey, if you can limit uh, Tua enough here, if you're Bill Belichick, you can at least give yourself a puncher's chance. You can always give yourself that chance in a division game, but especially with an opponent with a limited quarterback, you just got to hope that Mac Jones can get some opportunities offensively, right? Because their issue then is Matt Patricia. Their issue is not being able to move the ball, maybe not having great play calling. Ramondre Stevenson didn't have the best game this past week. And, you know, they had a chance at the end. They had the fumble. And uh, again, the Patriots just shooting themselves in the foot. But they're finding themselves in these games. And again, if you just think they can get over that hump, maybe that's enough to bet them against Miami. Well, you, you look at what uh, the Patriots have done in their last two games. Uh, we, we all know what happened right here in Las Vegas. That was a crazy ending, but the Patriots were winning that game and probably yeah. should have won that game. Uh, and you look at their opponent, the Raiders, a relatively weak defense, uh, you know, as far as league ranking and, ha and what have you. The, the run, the ability to stop the run has improved in the last few weeks for the Las Vegas Raiders, but still overall uh, a pretty soft defense. And uh, the Patriots then take on the Cincinnati Bengals uh, this week, uh, a pretty darn good defense. Now, did the Bengals let up a little bit in the second half? Probably so. Uh, but here, with, here we are again, the Patriots facing another relatively weak defense. So, and the last time they did that, the Raiders, they had success. I, I know they didn't win the game. Again, they should have won the game. So I, I think this Patriots offense is as poor as it is and as ugly it is as it is. Um, they get an opponent here where they might be able to exploit it. All right, Brady, let's take a look at, well, I guess here's a game that I guess we didn't really talk about. And if you don't have too much thoughts right now, feel free to kind of just, you know, uh, share your quick tidbits. But the NFC North rivalry showdown that's now intriguing because of Green Bay finding themselves in the hunt. Packers lane three at home against Minnesota. Look, Minnesota, I guess technically they can still compete for the number one seed with the Eagles if the Eagles were to lose out. Well, no, because then the Eagles still have the tiebreakers since they beat them. So right. I don't know if Minnesota necessarily needs this as much. I mean, they're not going to roll over, but Green Bay certainly is going to be doing everything in their power to win this game. Minnesota's winning, but they're not winning in an impressive fashion, and it's not like the Packers have done much better. But it opened two and a half. It's gone up to three, and you're seeing threes at minus 120 in favor of the Packers. I'd find it hard not to look that way in that matchup. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, you got to figure it's going to be a one-score game, right? <laughs> That's what happens with Minnesota. Sure. 
Uh, boy, man, that, that's uh, tough on your heart to bet on that team all season long. Uh. Um, yeah, the Packers are, are rolling right now. Uh, I, I liked them on Christmas Day uh, against the Dolphins. I didn't know they were going to win outright, but this team looks like they're starting to find their stride, you know, after all these weeks that we've been waiting. Rodgers seems to have the rapport uh, together with his wide receivers. Romeo Dobbs with a couple nice catches uh, on Christmas. Uh, and the running game really all season long has been good. And, and you know, Minnesota, again, I, I think their Achilles heel is their defense. So I, I don't think there will be uh, – I don't think it will be difficult for Green Bay to move the ball. Now, Minnesota has – good metrics in certain bits and pieces in that defense you know and and I can't recall exactly what they are off the top of my head but I want to say it's like third down defense or or they're good over here but but overall this defense is gettable in a big way and and I think that's why people have their doubts about the Minnesota Vikings we know about their offense their offense is fantastic their ability to come back uh you know you got to give this team credit they've been incredible as far as winning games but the truth of the matter is too they're they're not an elite team they're not an Eagles they're not a 49ers they're not a Chiefs they're not a Bills and uh yeah, I certainly think Green Bay can get them. My initial number, my look-ahead number, came to Green Bay just minus a half. Um, but oh. And I don't know if I want to lay three. If I could get under three, I'd probably head that direction with the Packers. Okay. Yeah, I think I might be with you on that one. So uh, it's looking like it's moving perhaps to three in the hook. So if you do want to jump in, may want to do it sooner rather than later. But you never know. Could be some buyback in a game, like Brady said, inevitably seeming to come down to one score. Uh, Brady, last game I'll ask you about, my man. Uh, Monday night football is going to be a huge one with Cincinnati and Buffalo. So right now, Buffalo sits atop of the AFC with a 12-3 and record. They alongside Kansas City, also at 12-3. and three. They're competing for that number one spot. But, of course, Buffalo has that tiebreaker advantage. Cincinnati then comes next at 11-4. and four. We know the Bengals have already beaten the Chiefs. So, hey, if the Bengals can overcome the Bills, number one seed up for grabs. Buffalo opened two and a half on the road. Now it's down to minus one. So, since he's getting a little bit of the love here, total open about 48 in the hook. Now up to 49 in the hook. Anything worth playing right now, or do you kind of wait to see where this line moves to? Yeah, it's. I, I understand the move towards the Bengals. You know, obviously a very good team, and you get them in a home underdog situation. I, I can understand grabbing the points there. However, my, my number comes to Bills minus four. Uh, again, that was my look-ahead number. Uh, we'll see what it spits out this week, mm. but... I actually kind of lean the Bills direction. Now they've been they've been a little shaky. You know, the, they started out the season and they were just absolutely on a roll and it looked like they couldn't be stopped. And and they have, you know, stubbed their toe a little bit. I mean, even struggled a little bit against the Bears for a minute, right? Sure. Uh, eventually ended up covering, winning and covering that game uh, pretty handily. The running game got really going uh, for the Buffalo Bills in that game. Devin Singletary and James Cook got going in that game. But, you know, the Bears' defense is a lot different from what the Cincinnati Bengals' defense is. And, uh, you know, the, the Bengals certainly we know have, have a ton of threats on offense, especially in the passing game. And, and Mixon is back healthy now. Um, but 
again, I think the Bills are overall the, the better team. And, and I think both teams are good on defense, good on offense. They're, they're both very strong clubs, uh, complete teams. They don't have many weaknesses. Uh, one edge, I believe, that favors Buffalo is coaching. Uh, Zach Taylor versus Sean McDermott. I think yeah. McDermott's a pretty darn good coach. Uh, I like Leslie Frazier as their defensive coordinator. Uh, and I think there's possibly an edge there. Zach Taylor... It hasn't happened lately. They've been on quite a run, but I think when you put him up against some stiff competition, he always seems to find a way to to make a move that really costs his team, and, and maybe we'll see that happen on Monday night. Um, I don't know. This this one's tough. Ought to be great, but I, I'll lean with the Buffalo Bills here. I think they're the better club. Man, that one's going to be fascinating. Can't wait. Great primetime game, finally, right? We're always kind of sweating out these uh, <laughs> stinkers. But uh, that one is going to be a beauty, hopefully, this upcoming Monday night. Brady, I do have some breaking news. Uh, it has finally happened. The Broncos have fired head mm. coach Nathaniel Hackett. So this is our live reaction right now. I don't think we're surprised. Uh, but I'll let you take the floor. And in terms of just your thoughts on it, again, it was probably going to happen during the offseason. Maybe you thought they were going to let him finish at this point. But you saw videos of the Broncos players, even like the offensive linemen and Brett Rippon just shoving each other. It's just an absolute mess in Denver. You don't have to be stuck with Hackett, but you're still stuck with Russell Wilson now, Brady. Yeah, I mean, you know, really, Daniel, uh, Danny, that's the bigger problem is Russell Wilson. And no, we're not surprised by Nathaniel Hackett uh, being out of a job. Uh, it's a little surprising to take that it takes place when it does. You know, we still got two football games that obviously don't matter. And I don't know, maybe it just could not survive with him any longer uh, because it had gotten so bad. But the real problem is Russell Wilson. This was a really interesting handicapping angle that I used to my benefit uh, last week when the Denver Broncos beat the Arizona Cardinals. And of course, Russell Wilson was not in that game. He had the concussion that he suffered uh, the week before against the Kansas City Chiefs. And Brett, Rim uh, Brett Rippon came in uh, in relief of Wilson uh, in that Chiefs game. Not for a ton of time. It was pretty late in the game when Wilson got knocked out. Uh, but then, of course, Rippon got all the, the snaps and everything in practice the following week and, and played against the Arizona Cardinals. And the angle was, I felt that this team, this Broncos team was going to really rally and show up. Not, not necessarily sure. a fallen hero theory, Danny, kind of, kind of not that at all because this team does not like Russell Wilson. His teammates <laughs> do not like him. So I thought that they were going to rally and really support Brett Rippon to show ownership and the coaches like, hey, this ain't on us. It's that guy that's been holding us back all season, and we'll prove it to you because we can kick the crap out of some teams without him. And it worked. And then Wilson comes back into the lineup on Christmas, and they were a disaster once again. Three interceptions. <laughs> yeah. So I think he's really the problem. Um, now, you, you obviously have to have a, a, a very, very good coach to manage personalities and change that culture and, and get everyone supporting one another. And Nathaniel Hackett, you know, in his first head coaching job in his career, obviously wasn't up to the task. But uh, they, they've got a real problem on their hands. And it's 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 Russell Wilson. Uh, and, and I don't 
I certainly couldn't do that job, and it doesn't surprise me that Nathaniel Hackett was in over his head. They're going to have to find somebody that can handle uh, what is a pretty big elephant in the room right now in Denver. That is for sure. Big elephant, to say the least. Uh, Mile High City. Wondering what their football future is going to hold. Unfortunately, quarterback-wise, looking like it's Russell Wilson, head coach. Who knows? Nathaniel Hackett out as the Denver Broncos head coach. Well, folks, that's going to about do it for another episode of Eason's Pro Football Betting Podcast, previewing Monday Night Football and beyond. Once again, just to recap, I had the parlay with the Bucks money line and the Chargers money line, so I'll be sweating that out, but I'd still lean minus four, as would Brady. No official play, but he does lean that way. You can also count me in for the prop, Chase McLaughlin, over one and a half field goals made, plus 105. The best price I saw out there at DraftKings, saw some plus 105 for some even money so uh, wherever you can get it a pretty good look in terms of his prop but again enjoy still if you're celebrating the holidays and uh, we got the new year coming up too so lots to look forward to especially happening during the playoffs bowl season at vison.com so make sure you check it out for plenty more content check brady out on twitter at las vegas golfer as for myself at danny burke five take care folks and best of luck at Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.